Man, again, glad that you were here. Welcome Psalm chapter 34, if you didn't know. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 34. That is the chapter that we are looking over all this summer, dissecting this down, looking at it as closely as we can. If you want to turn to Psalm chapter 34, we're going to read that uh, in just a second. Psalm 34, um, that's our foundation for the summer, and verse 8 is the cornerstone of that foundation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Had a great service last week. Uh, so thankful for the presence of the Lord. Um, so thankful that we could come and worship Him. But worship is not just for an hour and a half on Sunday mornings, right? We worship the Lord in everything we do. Or, well, we worship the Lord or we worship ourselves in everything we do, I guess I should say. Uh, and so I pray, my, my prayer for you this week is that you worship the Lord in everything that you did and that we look forward uh, to see what God has for us today and this week. But tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Psalm chapter 34, I'm going to read from the NLT. And let's read it all again. This is the Psalm of David when he was on the run from King Saul and he was alone in a cave and he wrote these words. Verse 1, I will praise the Lord. At all times, I will constantly speak his praises. One, one, uh, one version says, uh, my praise is always on my lips. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. That's good right there. The Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His godly people. For those who fear Him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Anyone? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Man, there's a lot about how God listens and God answers and His ears are open to our cries for help. He's not a God way up there not knowing what's going on down here. Do you know that? He's not a God that's up there disinterested in us. He listens for us. He hears our cries. But the Lord turns His face those, uh, against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears, there it is again, hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. 
but the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. And all God's people said, Amen. What a good chapter of the Bible. What a good song that he sang. None of the words rhymed. Did you notice that? It's like, come on, write a better song, David. (laughs) I don't think they had to rhyme back then. All right. Uh, No, it's great. It's a fantastic song, and we are dissecting it here. So David was on the run from Saul. He was alone in the cave. Uh, He was in this weird spot where he was both in a valley and on the mountaintop. Because he was in the valley, his king and his mentor was out to kill him, so he was alone, he was by himself, but yet he was on the mountaintop because everybody was singing this song, Saul has slain this thousand, but but David is ten thousand, so everybody else in the countryside thought that David was the man. And so here in the same moment, he's in a really tough spot all alone, and he's on a mountain, everybody thinking that he's great. And his response was to look to the Lord. We look to the Lord um, when we're in a valley, because he's the only one that's going to get us out of that. And we look to the Lord when we're on the mountaintop, knowing that we're not the ones that got us there. That the Lord is the one who lifts us up. And so I'm so thankful for that. So we're looking here today, and we look at the passage that we're looking at, specifically here today, verses 4 through 7. And you read this, and I don't want us to be, I guess spiritually ignorant is the right way to say it. Because sometimes, like, you can just kind of gloss over a passage and then go, wow, that just means I should be able to get anything I want because I'm a Christian. Yay, Jesus. And so if you were to just kind of gloss over this without dissecting it a little bit, maybe you would think that. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Jesus is up there waiting to answer answer a prayer for me. Okay, it's like, hey, Jesus, okay, I'm ready for something. Okay, he's not Santa Claus. I mean, you know that. Are y'all with me here today? We need to wake up. Y'all need some root beer right now? Guys, go ahead and get your root beer. No, don't. <laughs> okay? You read this and you're like, okay, is it, do I just get everything I want? Okay? He freed me from all my fears. I don't have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. It's going to be great. Those who look to me uh, or look to him, they, their face will be radiant. Okay? We're always going to look nice. Okay? That's just part of being a Christian. No shadow of shame is going to darken my face. I got nothing, nothing to worry about. I'm a Christian. In my desperation, I prayed, the Lord, listen, save me from all my troubles. I got nothing to worry about, nothing. I can just walk through on a cloud. Everything's great. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds me and defends, and he fears me. If you were to just kind of read that superficially, superficially with uh, kind of a 2022 mind frame, you know, you're just like, yeah, I get all I want. I'm a Christian. Right? Is that right? <laughs> no, that is not right. But you... It, Without any kind of study whatsoever at all, you read that and you're just like, great, God just gives me stuff. And that's not at all what this passage of Scripture is talking about. Remember, David is writing this alone in a cave being hunted by a murderer. And he says this. So that kind of goes into the face of, if I want a new Tesla, I should get one, right? That's not not what it is. I think that there um, is... A maturity that comes in growing with the Lord. And we'll talk about some of that 
maturity. That immaturity is, is we think that we should get everything that we want. Have you ever been with your child or maybe another child, and you're in the grocery store, and they really want that box of Fruit Loops, you know? They really want that box of Fruit Loops, and you say no, and what does that four-year-old do? Okay, Mommy, you know what's best. <laughs> no, they do not. That's when they flail about, and somehow they're able to spin on the ground on their shoulder. I don't know how they do that. Uh, but they freak out, do they not? And so, that's, so this is like the Father's Day portion of the sermon right here, where it's like, okay, I've said this before. Fathers, mothers, parents, you are not their friend. You are their parent, okay? In this moment, it is time to parent. This is not how you act in, uh, in a store, in public, okay? We want people to grow up to be uh, members, productive members of society, okay? And so while, uh, you know, it's not cute, I wouldn't say that a four-year-old is doing that. It's at least understandable. They're not mature yet. They're growing a little bit. They need to hear the word no. They need to hear the word no from time to time, right? Because at some point, they're going to be 18. And if at 18, you say, no, we're not getting Fruit Loops, and they spin around on the ground on their shoulder, okay, <laughs> we've got a problem, okay? Maybe we've seen some 18 to 20-year-olds act a fool when they don't get their way. Uh, and it's just crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. It's like they, we need good parents, fathers that are in people's life that are telling them, this is how we grow. This is how we live. We don't act that way. You're not going to get everything that you want. And you know that as a mother and father. We want our kids to have everything, right? I mean, we want them to have everything. We want them to have a good life. In some cases, we want them to have everything because maybe we didn't have everything. And so then we want to give them everything, but we also know, okay, giving them everything isn't the best for them. I mean, at some point, they've got to learn to work a little bit to get something. At some point, if you tell them yes to everything that they want, one day when they go to work or they go to date somebody or whatever, and they, you know, or they go to work and you tell them no, then it's like, okay, that's the first time they've heard the word no, you know? And so you, you want to have this growth in the Lord. And as fathers and as mothers, we learn that sort of thing. We, we need to learn that sort of thing. So we look here in the scripture and we're like, okay, is this God giving me everything? Well, why is God giving, quote, everything to David here? Well, we look at this and verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord. To be honest with you, the NLT does not do it justice, actually. Because in the, in the King James Version, and the NIV, and several of the other versions, that word for prayed actually says sought, and that's a little bit of a better word. Sought the Lord has this idea of it's not a casual prayer. They sought the Lord. Like they turned the TV off, they, they shut themselves in a, quarter, and they, in a corner, and they sought the Lord. Like, they, like there was this idea that we are not stopping till we get an answer from the Lord. David sought the Lord. It wasn't just a casual prayer like while I'm doing dishes or whatever, which it's fine to pray while you're doing dishes. But it wasn't just a casual, just kind of talking with the Lord. This is a, I sought the Lord. David's in a cave being hunted down by a murderous king, okay? That's a great time to seek the Lord, is it not? <laughs> he sought the Lord and he prayed. This was a time-consuming prayer, a time-consuming, like I'm seeking after the Lord. When was the last time that we sought after the Lord for something. 
not just kind of prayed and expected that God would just make it happen because Jesus or something, but that we sought after the Lord. And maybe it wasn't answered the first day. And so the next day, we didn't complain, why didn't you do that, God? We sought after the Lord again. And then we sought after the Lord again. And we sought after the Lord. And this is David. And he's doing this time-consuming, more than just a two-minute prayer. And he says, I sought the Lord. He freed me from all my fears. Now this freeing, the word that they use for freeing, was another word that was used in other parts of the Bible. One of those places that the word free, um, or saved or delivered, you could say, another time that they used that word um, was later on when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember this story? Uh, they were thrown in the fiery furnace. They were the only ones that stood when the rest of the culture bowed down to what was going on. That's not happening today at all, is it? Where there are Christians... Believers who are standing up for what is right and they're not going to just bow down to what the culture says. Okay? Now, did Jesus give them a good attaboy and a Porsche and say, okay, go on your way? No. In fact, because of their obedience, they were tied up and thrown into a fiery furnace. Okay? So that's pretty much the opposite of, shouldn't I get like a check mark or like a smiley face, God? I mean, I did something good, right? It's not really a smiley face, okay, situation here. But that word freed is when Nebuchadnezzar said they, that God freed them from the fiery furnace. But there was a free, they, they were freed because they stood for what God had commanded. Thou shalt not worship any other God before me. And so to get this freeing action... We can't just kind of live our life the way that we want to and expect Jesus to magically free us of everything. We have to be willing to stand up to a culture that says, no, this is right and that's wrong. And we say, well, actually, the Word of God says this is right and that's wrong. So we stand up and God frees us. That's what we're talking about here. This is what David is talking about. You freed me. Saul had a javelin and was throwing it at me, and it missed, and I escaped. God freed me from the clutches of my enemy there. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. And I love that word radiant. And the word radiant was used somewhere else uh, before. In Exodus chapter 34, this is one of my favorite stories about Moses, and there's a lot of you know, stories within the big story of, of Moses. One of my favorite stories of Moses is Moses goes up to the mountain to talk to the Lord, and he's up there for a long time. And when he comes back down, he, he saw the glory of the Lord. When he comes back down, his face, the Bible says, was radiant. That his face shone, it was radiant. It was like, have you ever seen someone who just got back from the beach? Like, you can tell. Like, whoa, dude, <laughs> did they not allow sunscreen on the beach today, you know? What is going on here? It's like this, this red face. It's just like glowing almost, okay? This was Moses, but it, it was like a headlight or something. It was like, oh my goodness, your face is glowing. It's radiant, okay? And so what they literally asked him to do, the people of Israel, is that after he went and spent time with God, he would come down, his face is radiant, and they would ask him to put a veil in front of his face because it was freaking him out too much. So they said, put a veil in front of your face. So Moses was the first one to wear a mask. Okay? 
I debated saying that. I just, that's just, I just went with it. <laughs> All right. So Moses put a veil on because it was freaking him out. It was like your face is literally glowing, okay? This is what's going through David's mind as he writes this specific word, radiant. You could have said any word. But he used this word, radiant. That was the same word that was used for Moses. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. What does that mean? It will be very obvious that you spend time with the Lord. Do you know people that it is obvious that they spend time with the Lord? And don't you want to be around those people? Aren't you kind of you, you kind of gravitate to those people where it's very obvious. Maybe their face is not radiant. Maybe it is. But it's radiated at least with the love of Jesus Christ, with the light of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying here, that you're going to be radiant with joy. When you spend time with the Lord, when you seek after the Lord, that your face is going to be radiant. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. That veil was not meant to be worn. I'm not going to say the mask was not meant to be worn. The, the, the veil was not meant to be worn because God wanted to show the people, this is, when you spend time with me, this is what you look like. You are radiant. And then you're making him put this veil in front of his face just to talk to you. There's not a shadow that's going to come. What even is a shadow? A shadow is something that stands between you and the light. When the light comes in, you know, when it's, it's hot outside. I don't know if you know that or not. It's hot outside here in Texas. And so when you're walking on a sidewalk and the shadow of the building is like on this half and not on that half, we always walk in the shadow side, right? Because it's a little too hot. No one purposely walks in the sun. Come on, what are you people doing? But that's what a shadow is. A shadow blocks the light from getting to you. Well, I don't want the light of Jesus Christ to be blocked from me. And so I don't do any of those things that cause a shadow. It says that no shame will darken their faces. Have you ever, someone gave you advice to do something, whether it be with relationships or parenting, or maybe financial advice, buy this stock, whatever. You weigh the options and you choose not to do the advice that was given to you. You chose to do this over here. And then time told that this was the much better option, the one that you didn't do. And then kind of the next time you see that person, you kind of have this shame on your face. Like, okay, you were right, you know. They, I'm not going to say I told you so, but, you know, I told you so. You should listen to me. That's the kind of shame that we go through. Anytime we begin to walk a path that is away from the Lord, we stumble, shocker, things don't go well. We come back to the Lord and we almost have a kind of, you were right, God. You were right, God. See, the prodigal son could have done that, kind of came back with a little bit of shame. But I want you to know, the father does not say, I told you so. The father says, welcome home. I love that story. Because the father is standing there with open arms. And not, by the way, not standing, running after the boy. It's the only time in scripture where it, dep where it depicts God running. And he ran to that one who was coming home. If you're here today, if you're watching online, 
if you veered from the path, don't think that there's a God waiting you to say, I told you so, you should have listened to me. There is a father there with his arms wide open welcoming you back. I'm so thankful for that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God is not one who is ready to come after you because you didn't do exactly what he said. He loves you and he's waiting with open arms for you. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord, listen, He saved me from all my troubles. Now, there is, is good to say, because He saved me from all my troubles. We have a mighty God. Not just a good God, we have a mighty God, do we not? And He listens to us, and He saves us from our troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. This idea that an angel is there that defends us. And I am so thankful for that. But you see, this is not some sort of prayer, this immature prayer that says, God, just give me stuff. God, every single little inconvenience that is in my life, you should be able to just poof, magically make it disappear. But that in all things, whether I'm in the valley or whether I'm on top of the mountain, I'm going to praise you. Everything, all praise is going to be on my lips. But it's this idea that those who focus on the Lord, those who keep their eyes on Christ, and those who seek after Him, not not just casual prayers, but these people who are staying with the Lord for an extended amount of time, that their faces become radiant when they begin to ask the Lord for things, we find out that our prayers begin to change a little bit. They, they become, they go from being immature, we go to God, just every little inconvenience, God make it be better, or give me this, or whatever. We start, cha- the more we start spending time with the Lord, the more our heart starts changing, and our prayers start changing. Our prayers go from God give me stuff, to God how can I serve you. And sometimes it's a, it's a slow change, but it goes to this, God how can I make your name great? Instead of making my name great, God, how can I make your name great? And your prayers begin to change the more time you spend with the Lord. I love what Pastor Tommy said, and he quoted scripture. You draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. And when we start to do that, it it, it is amazing. And some of you have seen this, because I'm seeing some head shaking here a little bit, where your prayers actually start to change. They, They go from being me-centric prayers to God-centric prayers. And they change to, God, how can I glorify you? Or God, how can I help others even? And they move from that. And so then God begins to honor those prayers. And so now, instead of all of our prayers being about me, whenever a prayer does need to be about me, God answers those prayers. And he, see, what does he say? He, uh, where did he go? He freed me from my fears. He saved me from all of my troubles. He is a good God. He's not a mean God, ready to hit you whenever you do something wrong. He's also a mighty God that is powerful enough to save us from our problems. All right, so how, what does that look like? What does that look like 
specifically or practically? What does that look like? So when we pray, let's start with the premise that God is good. Can we start there? God is good. He wants the best for us. Romans 8, 28, God works for the good of those who love us, or who loves God, right? God works for the good. If, if, if you have, if you're going to ask some, something of someone who is mean, sometimes you have this kind of reluctant, I don't know what he's going to say, okay? You're, you're starting from the premise of they're probably going to say no. And so the way you ask the question is a lot different, isn't it? But if you start with the premise that we serve a good God who is looking out for us, that, that almost kind of changes the way we enter into prayer, doesn't it? We know that he's for us. He's a good, good God. But what happens when that good God says no? Or when, it, when he seemingly says no? So what does it actually look like practically? When we ask God a question, we're going to start with the premise that he is good so let's go from there, okay? So when we ask a question, if the timing is wrong, God says slow, okay? Sometimes we ask a question and we want something of the Lord, but it's not time yet. Again, we are, our mindset is God is good and wants to give us what is right. So if I ask something and he says slow, maybe he knows something that I don't know. See what I'm saying? It, it's on the mindset of how that we ask. So if the timing is wrong, God says, slow down a little bit. Friday, my middle daughter got her license. She is now a driver. Hallelujah. Or something. Y'all watch out. I don't know. She's actually really good. Um, So Friday, she got her license, 16 years old, she can drive. On Tuesday, so that's Friday, on Tuesday, she says, "Is is it really so bad if I drive to my friend's house right now? And I said, Yes, it is so bad, actually. You don't have your license yet. Slow down. Like, you can wait four days, get your license, and then for the rest of your life, you can go wherever you want to. So it's not that I was saying, no, I don't ever want you to hang out with your friends. That's not what I'm saying. So I I actually said the words, no, but that's not why I said no, because the timing's not right yet. On Friday, when you get your license, go to your friend's house. Timing's not right. Does that make sense? So sometimes we'll ask a question and he says no, and we're like, ah, but I don't want to now. God says the timing's not right yet. In John 11, Mary and Martha said, your, your best friend Lazarus is sick. Why don't you come and heal him? Jesus says no. Well, that's not very nice. Lazarus dies. Jesus shows up and they said, you know, if you had been here, He would have been saved. You know the story. It's not that Jesus said no. He said, slow, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to do something here in a minute where God's going to get even more glory. People have seen healings of lame and blind and whatever, but they've never seen me raise the dead. So can you slow down just a minute? The healing's coming, but I need you to slow down. And so sometimes... And we don't know about the timing, but if the timing is wrong, God says, slow. Can we accept that? Let's, let's take a break just a second, and just, can we accept that for a second? Can we accept that sometimes, even though I think the timing is just fine, just give it to me, Lord. 
Sometimes a good God who wants what's best for us is looking out for us and saying, not yet. If the request is immature, God says, grow. (laughs) Okay? If the request is immature, God says, grow. There are sometimes that we ask, we want to ask for things that we think are great, but there is a growing process that needs to happen. Okay? I could pray this week that God bring us 2,000 people to Friendship Church next week. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you, we couldn't handle that, okay? We don't have the nursery workers. <laughs> we don't have the, okay? So while, while, I mean, you say, what's wrong with a prayer like that? 2,000 people, let's go, let's do this. We got new carpet up here, it's coming this week, let's do it. <laughs> God says, okay, there, there's, a, there's a process here, okay? Maybe we'll get there one day, I don't know. But that would be an immature prayer a little bit because what the Assemblies of God would do is they would send a reporter down here to talk to me about how I did that. Right? How'd you get 2,000 people in one week? I'm not here to build my name. I'm here to build the name of Jesus Christ. And so there's a process that needs to happen sometimes. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. We need to be honest sometimes, and is sometimes the reason why no is because we, there is sin in our life, or at the very least, immaturity in our life, where we need to grow to the point where we can accept what we are asking. I think that's fair. And so we look at ourselves and go, okay, if, God, if God's saying, I need to grow Maybe he's not saying no, but maybe he's saying you need to grow a little bit first. Let's go through some things a little bit, and then God will rush in and give us what we need. He is a good God. Remember, that's what we're starting with first. He is a good God. So if the timing's wrong, God says slow. If the request is immature, God says grow. If the request is out of God's will, God says no. (laughs) Okay? Sometimes he is going to say no. And again, we have to understand That even though we might think that something is good, he does not think so. And he has his reasons for thinking so. Right? He has his reasons. He knows conversations that are being had about you behind your back that you don't know about. Right? Like he knows things that's going on in the world that you don't. We see it through here. And so sometimes he's going to say no because that's not what I have for you. There are people who want to go into missions. God's not called them into missions. They want to go across the world and tell somebody about Jesus, and you think on the, on the front end, that sounds great. But God has something different for them. And so if they were to move and go over, yes, I'm sure good things can be done, but that's not what God would have for their life. And they're saying, no, sometimes it's the flip. God, I don't want to go. I don't want to go across the world. But God says, but I'm calling you over there. You've got to go. You've got to go. God, just let me stay here for a while. No, I want you to go. There are some times that God says, no. And if we're starting from the premise that he is a good God, then we, 
as human, should accept that. Should accept that and move forward. Then, what if the request is right? God says, let's go. There are many times that we ask and God, we have a prayer. Maybe it's something about a direction. Maybe it's about healing. Uh, maybe it's about what do I do here? Whatever question that we may have. And if it's right, God says, let's go. It's time. It's ready to go. First John 5. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. David went through a life of constantly being close to the Lord. Constantly being close to Him. His face was radiant. He was radiant with joy. And so his prayers were a very mature prayer, I believe. Spiritually mature prayer in all the things that he asked for. And so as we are learning God's timing, and as we are becoming more mature in His Word, and as we are understanding that sometimes he's going to say no, our prayers even start to change a little bit, and God's like, yep, let's do this, yep, let's do this, yep, let's do this, because we know that we are moving closer and closer and closer to God. And we love it when God, when God says yes, don't we? We love it when God says yes, and so we need to prepare our hearts to, for, to hear God say yes. That's how we do that. David has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. He has lived a life close to God. And so that's why he was able to say, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Because there's a closeness there with him. He freed me from all my fears. Why? Because I never tried to fix my fears. I always went to the Lord with my fears. And so he freed me. I looked to him for help, so my joy became radiant. I didn't try to do stuff on my own. I went to Him and I became radiant. No shadow of shame darkened my face. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. There was an ongoing conversation with God constantly, all the time. He saved me from my troubles. God, I pray that the Lord saves us. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. And of course, you know the very next verse. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you can't stand this morning with us, we're about to go into a time of prayer. We're going to pray that the Lord hears our prayers, that we grow in him, that we listen to him, that our face become radiant. And how can our face become radiant if we, not, if we do not spend time with the light. When we spend time with the light, our face becomes radiant with joy. And so that's my challenge for us here today. Last week I said we need to worship God all the time. Now I'm saying we've got to talk to God all the time. Why would there ever be a time where we're not focusing in on the Lord? In our job, in our relationship, and finances, in our health, everything we take to the Lord. Everything. Because He is a good, good God. So I want us to find a place to, to pray here. I, I, think it's, I think it's very, be a good thing for us to stop and pray. We're going to sing a song in just a minute. But I'd like us to find a place to pray and, and, and say, Lord, where am I kind of on this? Is this, there's some things that I've been asking of you, Lord. 
is the timing not right? Is there some growth in my life that needs to happen? Is it just not your will and I need to go somewhere else? Or are you saying yes? Let's go. Let's go. Let's find a place to pray. I want to open up these altars to you. But let's all, let's find a place to pray. And let's talk to the Lord. And let's leave here with radiant faces, shall we? Let's leave here with radiant faces. Don't just pray for a minute. Nah, that was good enough. Let's seek after the Lord for a moment. We've got plenty of time. Let's seek after the Lord for a moment. Let's spend some time in prayer. Lord, meet us here this morning as we cry out to you, as we seek you in your face. I pray that you would hear from heaven, that you would answer us, that you would listen to us, and that you would lead us and guide us in what you would have us to do. Lead us here this morning. Church, let's go and let's pray. We thank you. You are a prayer-answering God. You are mighty and you are good. You are good, Lord. You are a good, good God. And we love you and we thank you, God. Thank you that we can taste and see that you are good. You're a good God. And we love you, Lord. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for the opportunity to get closer and closer and closer to you, Lord. Thank you for not shunning us or throwing us away because we made a mistake. God, you, you bring us back in, Lord. And we thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for being good. Go with us, Lord, this week. Help us, Lord, to seek after you and your ways in all of our things, Lord. Help us to seek after you in all of your ways. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, this week. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus.